Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. You know, when somebody gets married, they want to tell the whole world about it. And what about when they get engaged, right? If you're going to take the photo, you got to take the photo with the ring. doesn't matter how big the ring is, you got to take the photo with the ring. They're like, oh, I mean, it's kind of weird when somebody doesn't identify with being married. They don't, you know, so if I don't wear my ring everywhere, Chris will be like, well, what's, what's up? Like, even though the ring doesn't represent the commitment, because you can be like, well, it doesn't matter. You know, I know, we're married. It's like, no, the ring is something that we identify with of something that's taken place on the inside as we've committed before God. We identify with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And so therefore, we want to tell the whole world and go public. We are not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power to save first Jew and then Gentile, all people. All races, all faces, you belong here. And so next week, we're going public. We're having baptisms. And we're going to give everyone an opportunity to, at the end of service today, connect on a deeper level of how the sermon is impacting you and take that next step for you. I even, that verbiage kind of, I wrestle with, next step, when it's really like a jump, it's all in. Have my life. My life's not my own. It's a a little step with you, God. It's like, no, take me. I can't do this. So I hope, um, there's whatever the... Uh, timidity you might feel ah, I don't know there's a lot of people on stage who cares Jesus died publicly for you and so let's just tell the whole world about it and then speaking to the crowd that's like oh it's baptism week next week oh, that's a skipper no that's a beautiful time to celebrate I'm telling you every time I'm tempted everything that's oh, a skipper uh, I need church as much as you need church we are the church we need Jesus leading us I'm so grateful that God's people encourages me. Some people think that the pastor alone is the one here to encourage. Absolutely not. You guys encourage me in the hallway, speaking to me, shaking hands, looking people in the eyes. So thank you. Um, Want to call up to the stage Rhett and Kendall. Pretty cool. Where are they at? Oh, there we are. Okay, Teiko and Rhett. Um, we have a really cool time for your guys' life. You're going public, telling the whole world. They're getting married on May 11th. Yep. And they're getting married here. They've chosen to get married at Harry Hill, Southside Community Center, a.k.a. City Life, because you have meant so much to their relationship that they wanted to do it here. And we recognize that we can't create space for everybody's uh, engagements or their, their wedding, but do for one what we wish we could do for all. We wish we could do this for everybody, but they've uniquely kind of placed in their, their, their plan to invite you. And they weren't sure how to do that the best way. They have invites here, and I want to give them to everybody. And I said, well, let's just create space and bring you on stage and pray for you because they want to invite you to their wedding. It's going to be on Friday, May 11th. So anyways, uh, Rhett, will you share a couple words, kind of your heartbeat for that? I think it's cool. Oh, man. It, uh, you got, I grew up with, like, six kids, family of eight, but now my family is, like, a 1,008. So we just want to, like, invite everyone. You guys are all family, so May 11th, be here. And you have some invites here, too, if they want a physical copy. So they're at the Connect Center. And we want to pray for them because they're, during this time, they take their marriage so seriously, they're going to spend three months really focusing on the foundation so that they can come back even uh, having more synergy and momentum. So that for three months, they'll be just attending as opposed to leading. But they're always still leading. They'll just be leading in a new way through their marriage, right? And so that's really exciting. We will miss them in that role, but we will also be really excited of what God's going to do in that season. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much 
for Rhett and Kendall. God, marriage is a beautiful thing that points to you. For couples even in the room, I pray that there'd be an excitement. They'd be inspired. This prayer doesn't just represent them. It represents all of us pointing to you. God, have your hand upon them. Bless them. And let it be a great big party. And if they get extra gifts, they can feel free to give them to us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. We love you guys. Check out this Easter video. Huge, huge shout out to the whole dream team for making that possible. For everybody that uh, worked, served, invested, we set an attendance record that day. We had 1,045 people, and that's just, just, I think it's a huge testament to what God is doing. Numbers aren't the goal. It's merely an indicator of the influence God has given us in people's lives. That means people identify with City Life as their home. They might come one time a year because they're getting a new rhythm in their life. They might say, hey, where do you go to church? City Life. Really? I've seen you once a year. But that's where they identify. So that's a time to celebrate. That's huge. Come on, give it up for yourselves. Huh. I like always the, when the, the speaker's like, come on, I say give it up for yourselves. The second one, because that was weak. Give it up for yourselves. It was weak, right, Sarah? Thank you. She played some sports. Uh, softball pitcher. How fast does that thing go? Yeah, yours. Are just in ge- Last time. 45? I'm hitting that thing far. I was kidding. I mean, this stuff's intense. It's like, you know, it just flies. Um, I had this moment as a kid where I was walking through Macy's, Hudson's, if anyone remembers some of those things. Um, there will be a day when all box stores are obsolete. So you can either embrace that in your mind or not. Well, I like Eastwood Town Center. It will convert into uh, maybe jumping jacks or something. I mean, it's just, you're, you're going to get to a space where you have a hologram in your bedroom that you can just try and close. And then you're thinking, do I want to drive there? And I, I, but it, there will still be beautiful time for nostalgic and people that do art and create. Absolutely. It'll be those that innovate, though. And so I was walking through Macy's, Hudson's, um, and I think it's had a couple other names, Marshall Fields. Marvin's was another one, Mervin's, JCPenney's, and however you identified economically would be what store you went into, right? You went to Mervin's, kind of like one of these, and you go into Macy's, it's like, yeah, grandma's got some bread. And, and so I was there with my aunt, who lived in Canada. This is the clothing line that was really popular at that time was Roots, and it wasn't the hip-hop band. There was a clothing line there, and 
they had expensive taste, and some of our family, my grandma was like that, and, and so I was being exposed in this new setting, but there was a kid's toy space aisle that we walked by, and they had this new video game system on the TV. You know what it was? Something that nobody hardly knows, the Neo Geo. It never became popular, but the Neo Geo was $399, and I had a racing game, and I just was pulled, and I was mesmerized, and they're like, okay, I'll be right here. And I remember I was so fixated. It's all I could think about was Neo Geo, Neo Geo. Every day, Neo Geo. I got to get a Neo Geo. I got to get a Neo Geo. And it wasn't until I got it out of my thoughts, which is out of my eyesight, that I was absolutely able to control the appetite. But have you ever wanted something so much that you're willing to do anything for it? For real. You know what? When we think of with God, we're going to look at one verse today and some verses that support it, but one verse. It's a parable story of wanting something so bad that you would give up everything for it. Everything. I think we take a teenage mindset with God, meaning this. So when we have uh, teenagers, their wants and desires are really exposed. I think generations make this mistake of them and today's kids. Look, I heard that when I was a kid. Today's kids, today, look, today's kids are just like all kids looking to belong. They're looking for motivation. And, and locked in them is greatness. There's so much potential. But teenagers, they're, they're exposed because emotions are raw. And as they're exposed, they have feelings that they want things, and it's not necessarily what's best for them or beneficial. But they're willing to do whatever it takes. And so the parent is kind of grappling them. No, no, don't. You know, and kind of coming down with the staff. And it doesn't typically lead to obedience. Rules lead to rebellion. Relationship leads to obedience. And I know this is very challenging. I'm trying to learn these techniques still on the soccer field yesterday. I'm trying to say, just kick the ball. Kick it. It's like, look, if you don't kick it, you're going to sit out. Um, Okay, rules lead to rebellion. All right. Hey, you're doing amazing. So good. I think if you just moved your foot a little, um, I think. You won't get hurt. That hurt when I got hit. Look, it's fine. We have good health coverage. It's fine. I'm just kidding. Anyways. Uh, totally off subject, but on subject is there's this virtual reality in us, Frandor at spare time. You put on this headset thing. Oh, my technology has so far advanced. It was so neat. This movie, Ready Player One, it takes place in uh, 2045, that Columbus will be the fastest growing city in the world and that people will want to live in the virtual world. I really was inspired by that to think of how can we change to impact people because it will be a different setting, but the desire to long and belong will be the same. And we'll kind of, we could go to any place you wanted virtually. So the next Neo Geo will be so all-encompassing, your senses, smells. I mean, it was so real. I got just a taste of it at spare time in Frandor. Just a taste. And to think that 20, 30 years from now, what would that look like? We're going to Matthew. Matthew is writing to Jews. What that means is he's writing to a very specific audience trying to get their attention. Wake up. Trying to get their attention. He's speaking their language. So if it's a sports team, he's using sports analogies for that particular type of people that God has set apart that the Messiah came through. So no matter where you're at with Jesus today, Jesus was a Middle Eastern man that brings the whole world together in himself and works through the people group, the Jews, but not just for the Jews alone but for the Gentiles, all other people, that we would be included into this family affair also, that we now have been engrafted in. And so he's trying to let them know that the Messiah is alive, Christ is the fulfillment of that, Jesus is here now, and the kingdom of heaven 
is worth everything we have. Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. I've titled this this morning, Worth It All. Worth it all. Where's the disclaimer? Give me the fine print. There's none. He's worth it all. Think about on beaches. You know, you got the guy. I don't know why I get this image, you know, with the gold detector. I just keep picturing the dude with the, he's got awkwardly uncomfortable short shorts. And they're Ocean Pacific from the 70s. And he's, you know, got very little hair left. And wears glasses, got the headpiece in. He's belligerent to any people around him, but he's just looking for different coins. And then you have the kid every once in a while that, that sees that. Says, I want one of those and then realizes you don't really find a lot and it's not worth it. So I was kind of sold that idea looking at him in my life. And it always sounded better than it was. I think we got a cheap one one time. Like, this is horrible. I'd rather get stung by a jellyfish, right? Not really. Come on, lighten up. And, uh, but that desire in each one of us to be a treasure hunter is why movies like Goonies exists. Here's a little scroll. And look, here's where you can find the map. But don't tell anybody because the treasure can be yours. And you think of the treasure of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, that in these pages is life everlasting, that when we see it and we find it, the hidden nature of it is worth everything we have. I believe the treasure hunter in us is to alleviate the pain and get the treasure now. And so therefore, we're um, fixated on a lotto experience with God. God, I just want to hit it. Just let me hit it today. Let me just scratch one up. Come on. God, let me hit. And that leads to a mirage of who Jesus really is. Because then for, we skip the process, we skip the discipline, we skip the growth, we skip the seasons. And we all want to be people of the kingdom but we have to remember our why. When I was praying this morning, I said, God, I want to love the people today. I want to love the people like you. How do I do that? So I was thinking he was going to give me kind of a manual for today. Where to talk, how to be outside with somebody, where do I greet? Give me a talk track on who to say. What? Let's get some parables. And he said, I want to love you. I said, okay. Paused. You love me. Let's move on. But he didn't let me move on. I want to love you. Okay, love me. And I could just feel the Holy Spirit. If you don't believe in the Holy Spirit today, uh, Holy Spirit is so alive, so active, so unique. The Holy Spirit's so intricate that today I get on Facebook. Four years ago, I was in Florida. I see a picture of our three children I'm holding. I think Crystal's taking the photo. Our twins aren't here yet because they're not born, but they, they were conceived down in Florida. Anyway, I had to let your mind go somewhere. And then, but, but today, so Marissa comes backstage and says, hey, uh, I need you right now. And she's walking super fast. It's her birthday. It's Marissa's birthday. It's Virginia's birthday, too, with the flute up here. Um, yeah, yeah, shout out. Happy birthday. Um, hey. And she's walking super fast to kids. I mean, ab abnormally fast, okay? She, she's, and um, so I'm walking kind of faster, and she's still outpacing me. So I'm trying. I'm speeding up. Like, I'm taking it as a challenge. Because what's happening? I, I, I say kind of from the back, uh, her back right shoulder, is everything okay? No one's dying, are they? 
you know, because let's lay the level of, when the parents, or when the teacher calls you from school, I, I love the teachers that say this, don't worry, it's not an emergency. But what about the one when it's like, oh, don't worry, it's nothing that bad. Um, but your son had a fall today. I get there and his teeth are crooked. I was like, don't worry. Goodness. We had to go to the dentist. Thank God uh, the, the Mashtines are our friend. They stayed late and they put his teeth back in. And um, so Drum's teeth were out of place. But that was an emergency. Okay. Um, so is anybody dying? So I get back and all the people in Kid City are staring at me. thinking, oh, so this is a CPR moment? For real, kind of, what are we in? I remember taking the class. And so I walk back and I look in the corner and it's our friends from Florida that we got deeply connected to last time we were in Florida, which is four years ago, family. We got uh, Jen and VJ and Arlo right back there. And they surprised us and flew into town today. The Holy Spirit's so intricate. A picture today, you were in Florida four years ago. A surprise today, your friends in Florida are here. What? The Holy Spirit is that real for you today. I hope that experience inspires how God wants to move in your life. Specifically, how he wants to love you. And I pray that the same way the Holy Spirit reminded me today that he loves me. Period. We didn't even go past that. We never got to the game plan. This wasn't even the notes, okay? We never got to the game plan because that was the plan. This whole mindset of giving everything for the kingdom was always built on love. We love because he first loved us. That last song they're singing. Wow, the reckless love of God. Now, when you hear kingdom of heaven, you might think, well, how is that different from the kingdom of God? So for Bible people, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. And for non-Bible people, this is your moment that you can for sure at least fake it till you make it because you'll learn one thing. You go out and you can say this verbiage. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, they are interchangeable. They're synonymous, different language for different people to communicate the same thing, that the king is here, the rule and reign. Now, we get uh, fixated with the nuances of the kingdom. Oh, I love prayer. I love worship. I love healing. Okay, awesome. I love the king. I love the king. I'm committed and submitted to the king. And so when I'm committed and submitted to the king, everything flows out of that love. So therefore, kingdom qualities start to happen. The kingdom expresses itself in itself through music and literature and signs and wonders and all kinds of amazing things. That the kingdom of heaven, when it comes, it restores us back to our original intent, our vocation as image bearers of God meant to rule and subdue this, subdue this planet. So now we're moving in this direction that God wants us to. So when you think of kingdom of heaven, I want you to instantly get rid of all of the weirdness it's been associated with it. Example, what are you? Oh, I'm a kingdom person about that kingdom business. Oh, really? Yeah, I love Jesus. Kingdom, 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 kingdom. And that, that's great. They might mean well, but I don't really understand kingdom. That's not language we use. It's just commercial. Hey, just by the way, this is the Dove products of lotion, and this is the kingdom of how we've... You just don't hear the language that much, do you? No. Kingdom, 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 kingdom. Where do you get this kingdom language? Here, churchy, churchy, churchy. If we love people, we're trying to unpack language for them, right? And as we're loving people, I hope to just unpack that thought of kingdom today. I think that it's a beautiful thing. It means there's a king that rules and reigns everything. So it's not weird. It's beautiful language. And as kingdom people, we are restored to what God has wanted us to do. We find ourselves now encompassing this all things new, we live forever mantra. 
We get too often, though, addicted to the thrill of God. I got addicted to thrills at a young age, and it led me to a lot of dark places. Neo Geo, addicted to that thrill. Next clothes, next shoes, addicted to that thrill. Addicted to the thrill. Toilet paper, addicted to the thrill. I'll never do drugs. Well, I'm bored. Eh, Let's try. Addicted to the thrill. You going to stay up all night? Addicted to the thrill. Addicted to the thrill. And then now it's like, God, I love you. Oh, I want that worship experience. Addicted to the thrill. When it gets hard, doesn't mean that the kingdom's not still working. It could mean that kingdom could be more beautifully displayed through our pain. We don't want to serve the God of our bellies. Philippians 3 in the message 18 through 21, it says, stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running the same course, heading for the same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying not to get you to go along with them and trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is easy street. They hate Christ's cross, but easy street is a dead end street. Those who live there make their bellies their God. Belches are their praises. All they can think of is their appetites. But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the arrival of a savior, the master of Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he is putting everything as it should be under and around him. Hopefully today this has piqued your interest some that you want to be a kingdom person that would sell everything, find this kingdom that's hidden in a field, and it's in our joy that we would do everything to buy it. And there's five things that I think could transform us forever. First would be this. We see past surface value. We do. With kingdom value, we're seeing past surface value. Jack Black, anybody know him? Jack Black. School of Rock. Yeah, I love Jack Black. I love behind the scenes hearing about all the things he improvs. I wish he would just stay in the PG, PG-13 lane. Be amazing. Because then it's I'm like, yes, another Jack Black movie. Wait, that one's a little vulgar. But I love how God has gifted him. And this movie, Shallow Hal, where he has kind of a, he's pretty vain. Doesn't want to date anybody that's overweight or struggles with any type of condition. And he meets Tony Robbins in an elevator. And Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker, guru, hypnotizes him to where that he would see people's inner beauty. And then finally, the spell kind of wears off and he's been dating this girl that's bigger. And he sees her for the outside, and then he has this freak-out moment. He's like, oh, my goodness, because his vanity was creeping out through again. And then he finally realizes that the best beauty was the inside beauty. And there's this great moment, and I think they joined the Peace Corps or whatever. Um, I refreshed this on Wikipedia. If you're thinking, man, he is good at remembering. Um, Shallow hell. No, I Wikipedia'd it. (laughs) We don't want the shallow hell God experience. We don't. As kingdom people, we see past the surface value. We see what people are made for. The outside appearance might be deceiving. What's our dream? What's the things that are our neo-geo moments? When we submit them to God, he'll do it in his, in his due time for his glory. But when we take it into our own hands, now I think we're playing with the wrong master because what is our price tag? The devil will pay it. He will. $3.99, here's your neo-geo. Didn't he do that with Jesus out in the wilderness? He's like, hey, look at all these kingdoms. You want one? I got it. 
I got it. He's, he's, he's good at that because he knows our appetite. He knows how we're hungry. The God of our bellies. There's been times I'm convicted that the Lord won't allow me to eat whatever lavish pleasure I want. And it could be as simple as me going to Chipotle because it's in my plan all day long. Chipotle, four o'clock. Yes, Chipotle. It's not like God's mad. You know, I can't, I don't want my son to go to Chipotle. He just recognizes there's something better for me that when I get interrupted, that me not going to Chipotle, something better could happen. Maybe I'm talking to somebody on the side of the street. Maybe I'm hanging out with somebody's lives that I can impact, get a little deeper. Maybe I'm going a little bit slower in a conversation that I have depth. And it's worth fasting because you know what? God is way better than this appetite. It's my spirit that I long for. Because number two, we are hungry with a kingdom appetite. We are absolutely famished all the time for all the things of God. God, we need you. We're thirsty for you. We're hungry. And we're only quenched when the kingdom value is met in our lives. And I would define that as this. What is true and that will live forever? What is true and that will live forever? Will our causes live forever? Even our careers sometimes live forever? Or can they point to a greater career? Making hip-hop music, I think sometimes it can be um, kind of the end-all experience, but it's just a means to the end. The genre might change, but I hope that I'm not so attached to the vehicle that now I won't even change cars to get in line with what the kingdom is doing because my preference is leading the way. I want all that God has, and that sometimes comes with being intervened in an unlikely, uncomfortable way. So what does the kingdom look like? I think it looks like a drug addict finding freedom. I think it's when people are offered mercy or forgiveness and there's dignity to a person. I think we look in somebody's eyes because it's hidden. If we're just looking at what we see, we're only seeing the surface value. The kingdom of God is like that field. Gotta dig, gotta go past our setting. But we have to watch out because there's, there's, a, there's this movement, y'all. And it's the movement of the naysayers. I mean, God, look, he's not real. You guys are a joke. You even got TV shows that people of faith are clinically insane. And we do believe some crazy things, guys. We believe some outlandish things. We do. The people of faith are that, people of faith. But we're not people of faith without reason. We have tons of reason. But we're people of faith because that's exactly what it is. It's faith. It's belief in Jesus Christ. So we don't have to apologize for that. In fact, we just embrace that. And those naysayers, now we just start to recognize it might be just like Jesus experienced in Matthew 13. This whole chapter is, I love for the record. It's just, but it ends in a way that Jesus is finished with parables and he went away from there and coming into his hometown, get this. So are you a hometown kind of hero? Well, here's how Jesus was met. He taught them in their synagogue. They were astonished, and they said, wait, where did this man get his wisdom in these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? This is simple Jesus. Yeah, right, this is simple Jesus. Is this not mother called, is his mother not Mary? Um, Are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Are not all of his sisters with us? What then did this man get all these? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to him, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many mightily works there because of their unbelief. You know what the people saw there? 
they saw surface value. That's it. Oh, this is the carpenter's son. Instead of digging a little deeper, have you ever been discounted when somebody only saw your surface value? I'm telling you, when somebody can only talk about your setting today or what's on your highlight reel from yesterday, what about what God could do in your future? I feel like this has been the story of my life. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you, every time, I didn't know you could do that. Why don't you just ask what God is stirring up in me of what I believe is possible if he's leading? That's a better question. Sorry, <laughs> I've had a lot of meetings like that. That's <laughs> so annoying, isn't it? Somebody can't believe in your future. Um, God believes in your future even when people don't. So don't discount the kingdom's worth that calls us to give it all. Don't apologize for a truth so beautiful that is the best risk reward ever presented. Don't listen to the lies saying it's too much or too far. Jesus is calling us out the boat. But do make much of the value of kingdom of heaven. Do hold on to the truth as the whole world crumbles. We are found in Jesus. And do let go and let Jesus have his way all the time. The second crowd of naysayers, I don't think is just outsiders. I think the second crowd of naysayers is insiders. Did God really say, that sounds too bold, sister so-and-so. Oh, you're going to give that much? You're that committed to the local church? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. How does Jesus feel about that question? I, I just wonder sometimes. I think God um, is uh, displeased in how we treat each other in the family. Let's stir each other up to good works by way of reminder. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's how we see God. Okay, number three. I think we see him as, um, as a God of chores, but in the kingdom, we do not serve a God of chores, but the God of joy and pleasure forevermore. I do chores, I get allowance. Parents in the room know how just annoying that is. You should be grateful you're even getting anything because you, this is our joy, to, you, it's your joy to do it. Brought you into this world. Psalm 1611, it says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasure forevermore. God in the kingdom of heaven is not, where's my allowance? I'll, I'll, I'll buy the field. All right, when do I get the stuff? Isn't this genie Jesus? Genie Jesus has crept into each one of our hearts. When do I get the stuff? I think God is so pleased to give to his children that are faithful, but it's the ones that just abide in his love. They recognize the stuff won't rule me. And they're not afraid of a platform. They're not afraid of a stage. But they recognize the stage is not for their glory. It's for God's. When you think of Easter, 1045, 1045 people, that's a stage moment. God cares about the intimate moments of just you at home with him. What about the time when we were at Mercy, uh, the Breslin Center? We got to open up for Mercy Me. It's a big deal. You should have seen the text. You made it. This is great. Oh, my goodness. You're opening up for Mercy. The Breslin Center. Oh, you're getting signed. You're getting a record deal. I remember thinking, I'm getting a record deal. And then the next day, um, we got on uh, the, the tours. It was a rock and road, rock and, was it, worship show or whatever. And they, they put us on their page. They said, this is one of the best opening art acts we've ever had. And they put us on the page. And it was shout out to Brent. It was us. Every other week didn't have opening artists. I'm thinking, dang, this is it. Cuckoo, cuckoo. No phone calls. No nothing. Because here's why. That might be the kingdom of heaven at work in somebody else's life. 
I knew deep in my soul that the kingdom of heaven had reserved me for local community that would bloom and then reproduce as God sees fit for global impact. He reserved me for the local church. I really believe that, the bride. And local church first, our family. Local church, local church. Our family, loving the city one life at a time, each other, and then therefore the church to love the city one life at a time. So we're going to go a little fast with these last two because I want us to be able to engage today, and I want you to be able to experience yourself, how God's challenging you. So move the stage. Get rid of the celebrity Tim. We're cool now because Tim Tebow's big time. Or Lecrae's on Columbia, and so Christians have made it. Even if we were the dorkiest, weirdest people, kingdom, kingdom, who cares? We're pointing to a kingdom that's forevermore. Forevermore. We don't apologize. We don't need to be the hypest. It comes in the small, hidden stories. It's impossible to see God's potential through the optical. Absolutely impossible to just see with sight alone. Impossible. You'll never see someone's potential. You'll never see the value of the kingdom. The value in a kingdom that you could be forgiven and set free. Value in a kingdom that says you have dreams from the dream giver that can actually give them and sustain them. You're a part of a bigger mission and family. That will never die. It's a global enterprise that's always getting a return on investment, even when sometimes their people die because there's a return that the blood of the martyrs cry out to God and there's a harvest that we'll reap. Worship team, if you guys would come up, that'd be awesome. And I forgot to tell you when to come up, but it looked like you guys got it. There's a new king in town. His name's Jesus. It's like that song, my boyfriend's back and you've got to, hey, da, 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 my boyfriend. I was like, Jesus is back. When he's coming back, everyone's in trouble, huh? But not really those that are found in him. It's not a bad day. It's a glorious day. Meta, uh, we were at the art conference and people were bragging on you. A couple people went and found us. And um, they, they literally, two, two unique types of people. And I say unique because their calling was unique for, to the setting. Most people had churches in the suburban context, which is amazing. There's nothing wrong with it. Not one's better than the other. But there's a couple inner city guys that went out of their way when they saw me, saw you. They chased down and said, hey, you're that guy that's uh, planted in Lansing, right? Your city life, Lansing. You guys planted the inner city. You guys are doing great things there. I've been following your work. And, um, just, and then started dialogue. And I thought it was so unique because they got up out of their way and they saw like hope. Oh, there's another way. Well, we can do life-giving in an inner-city context. And it was, a, to me, a confirmation. Um, a confirmation that God was moving in us. And it reminded me of this couple we met from England. Their names were Ali and Ali. Ali and Ali. And he said in England, there's so many empty buildings everywhere, right? There's cathedrals, cathedrals, cathedrals. And kind of the idea is, let's just turn it into a bar, and they asked him if he wanted to take over this abandoned church and work for the Church of England. And he said it's an opportunity because the Holy Spirit can work through any type of model. You're going to pay for me. You're going to restore that building. And we are going to go take back what was God's. And he used the quote. He said, an empty church is like the palace of a long forgotten king. Our king might be forgotten by many, but he is alive and well and wants a life-giving relationship with all people and invites us into his audience to fill his courts. We are his palace. It's beautiful.
An empty church is a palace that points to a long forgotten king. Forgotten by many, but he is very, very, very much alive. Number five, it, the kingdom of God, the local church, the hope of the universe, the hope of the world, the great empire is worth it all. God is worth it all. The kingdom of heaven is worth it all. Yeah, but, 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 but. Look, there was no buts when I was in desperation. But now that I have more, now that it costs me more, now that when we make a faith step, I got to bring my family along. Now that um, when you start thinking about retirement and 401k, there's, there's, there's wisdom. Hear me out. There's wisdom. But there's something about when I had nothing, when I said, I will do anything to get this kingdom of what I've seen. This Goonie Treasures map is so beautiful. I want it, I want it, I want it. But now, that's the same prayer I still got to pray. In his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought the field. Now, in his joy, what it means is this, to receive joy from God. But it says in his joy, but the Greek word used there is to receive joy from God. And so therefore you respond. You catch that this morning? That even when we do things on behalf of the kingdom, it was still joy from the Father. We never lose losing it all for Jesus. Period. Close with two thoughts. And first is this. You're worth it all to Jesus. This isn't American pickers. You know, where you kind of decide what you want. You make a price tag on it and renew it. No, God grabs everything and he renews it all. Anyone that will be willing. It's what he does. Second thing is people are worth it all to Jesus. That's his currency. Are you doubting? Are you discouraged? Are you disappointed or even depressed? Well, you're in good company because John the Baptist, he pointed to Jesus. Are you guys familiar with the story of John the Baptist? He had this big mega church. He had this big following. And what he did was this. He um, took all of his followers and he gave them all to Jesus. He said, okay, I got this big thing going on. Jesus, you're the one. You take them all. Well, this guy is powerful. In fact, Jesus quoted him and says, of all of the people born, there's no one greater than him. I've wrestled with that. Wait. There's no one greater than John the Baptist? Why? Well, because he was the last prophet pointing to Jesus. But it says those that are least in the kingdom of God are greater than him. And it's a mystery that the first will be last and the last will be first. Because now it's flipped upside down where we're in Jesus, the very thing John the Baptist wanted. But he had this moment where he was doubting because he had been taken into captivity and he's in prison, right? Because when it's difficult, it's okay to question, but we want an answer. And it said, John, meanwhile, had been locked up in prison. And when he had got wind of what Jesus was doing, he sent all of his own disciples to ask, are you the one we've been expecting? Or are we still waiting? Jesus told them, go back and tell John what's going on. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the wretched of the earth learn that God is on their side. John the Baptist goes on and he is beheaded. But he's also reminded that his life mattered. That everything he sold his life for, it would last forever. It would last forever. There's always temptations to take the road of comfort. But it is just a lie 
When it's built on good works, please don't take the road to the hard path or anything. But when it's built on love, it is our joy to do it. It is our joy to love people. It's our joy to get into the broken parts of the city. It's our joy to meet business owners. It's our joy to find ourselves interacting with a single parent. It's our joy to love people right where life exists. So the question I had to ask myself in this message was, is it still my joy now as it was then? Come on, some of you that know my story, when I, being a drug addict, functioning one, having a high profession job in society and living two lives and really, you know, tor tortured in my soul. Well, it was easy to accept the kingdom of heaven, give everything up then, but what about now? Would I still do that? I think God is merely wanting a, a yes from us and then he may or may not ask for everything. I think he first wants a yes. No, God, I'll do it all right now. I'll give it all right now, all the time. I really st still think it's the same question that he asked the young rich ruler. So we want to connect with you today. If you notice, we didn't take up an offering at the beginning because um, we want it to be personal at the end here. We got seven minutes. God works through order. And plus the kid workers thank us for that. If you got a connect card, I want you to pull it out. And if you don't have a connect card, this will hopefully encourage you to grab one next time when you think you don't need a connect card. And then if you still aren't with that, there's a digital connect card. It's in the app, y'all. Okay, so you can just get the City Life app and we want to know if you want a fresh start with Jesus, write that down. We want to know if you want to get baptized next week. Okay, what does All In look like for you? And then also today, we want to create space for an opportunity to give in faith today. To invest in what God's doing at City Life. I know there's a lot of great things going on in the world, but this is where he's planted us. And I know there's a lot of great causes, but there's none like the local church. And I've been more compelled by that more than ever, than ever, than ever. Is I don't want an add-on. I don't want just a rap ministry. I want the local church. A beautiful hospital, a beautiful kingdom that reflects all types of people, all backgrounds. We're interchanging throughout the city. And we're not about just our show. No, we're about God's show out there. The highways. This is God's world. This is God's city. We don't just retreat into some building. No, we're celebrating to be engaged on mission. We are the ecclesia. We are his people. We are the church. Don't negotiate with faith. There's a few ways you can give today. Um, through the envelope. You can give online. And you can give in the app. And I thought it was so fitting to put giving at the end here. Which we used to do all the time. In the early months. Because our response to God is so often tied to close our hand is to our pocket God works through open hands when you turn off the water rust will start man. just hey let it flow let it flow we don't want to be a swamp we want to be a river and I've been challenged to give in faith even this week at the art conference when they were talking about investing in the church planting movement that's going on there oh it's like well we can do 500 as a family city life how oh, we could do a thousand it was like, uh, God was saying, hey, do three grand. Three thousand. We, we're already given that. Uh, we're already. And it was just, no, do it joyfully. And so we gave as a community 3,000 to ARC in faith. And we did that because we want to be people of open hand. And so that same opportunity we now extend to you. So we're going to pray. Uh, we're going to pass some buckets. But then we're going to worship. And we're going to pray for each other as we close.
Jesus, today I pray that you'll stir up in your people to connect. This isn't a step, this is a new life. And it's not a have to, it's a get to, it's an adventure. Breathe today. Call us higher, call us deeper. Remind us of what you see, who you are, how you dream, how you feel. Give us strategy, give us purpose, give us initiative, give us stewardship mindset. Help us be faithful in the little. Encourage those that are in the storm and use every dollar to make heaven come here, right in Lansing, right now, in the name of Jesus. God, we might not get new roads, but I pray that we'll have the mercy of the living water of God flowing through every city, every person that's even touched or connected to this city right now, right here. Please, God, have your way. It's in Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.